0: Praise God. Good to see everybody tonight. Wow, this is so good, you know, to see you all come out and fight the elements to get here. I mean, we, get, well, we don't have snow, we don't have any of that, but <laughs> we, we're here, so praise God. All right, uh, let's open our Bibles tonight to Nehemiah chapter 4, and let's pray. Lord, we thank you again, Lord, we, we come to hear from you. Lord, it's your, it's your voice. Lord, that we want to hear. Peter said, where can we go, Lord? You alone have the words of eternal life. Where can we go? There's, there's no one else that can speak spirit to our soul and to our hearts and to our lives. Lord, you breathe on us. Breathe on us tonight, Lord God. Breathe on us. That, Lord, your Holy Spirit would just come and begin to lead us and guide us. And open up those things that each one of us need to see and understand and grab a hold of. So I pray, Father, that you would uh, he, touch our hearts now. Holy Spirit, we yield this to you to bring glory to, you, to Jesus. We ask that God, that uh, we would hear and see in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Here's chapter 2 in Nehemiah. We, we learned how Nehemiah had a broken heart over the things that he'd heard about the devastation that had taken place there in Jerusalem. And so he began to fast and he began to pray And in his prayer, the king of uh, King Artaxerxes, he he hears his his request. And that was part of uh, Nehemiah's prayer that the king would be moved. And so the king was moved and he gave an order to go and rebuild. And so we knew we learned from that time to go forth and to rebuild and restore Jerusalem. There would be 483 years before Messiah would come. And we learned that that happened exactly on April 6, 32 A.D. when Jesus came riding into Jerusalem, according to Daniel chapter 9. Now in, this, in Ezra's account and in Daniel's account, it says that these things would take place in troubled times. And so you have what's called in prophecy called the near and the far aspect of prophecy. And the near part of it was when... Uh, Nehemiah goes into the the Jerusalem or goes back to Jerusalem. There were men that were there to resist them and oppose them for the work of God. And then also during the time of the coming of Jesus to uh, Jerusalem, it was during a troubled time. So you have the near and the far aspect of these prophecies that come into play here. And so they were during troubled times. And Artaxerxes gives the order. Go ahead and rebuild. Go back and rebuild. Take that and, and, uh, and uh, go into Jerusalem. Rebought, rebuild the walls and rebuild the, the temple. And so during that time, they, they had opposition, as we've learned about two guys, basically, uh, Sanballat and Tobiah. These two guys were instruments to bring about confusion. But they, Nehemiah, even in their accusations and even in what they wanted to do, uh, and the, the, to oppress them. Nehemiah kept his eyes on the Lord. Nehemiah in the midst of all the trials and those things. He kept his eyes on the Lord. And he didn't give up. And he didn't even give consideration to their accusations. Uh, and this is good counsel for us. And when the enemy comes and he tries to bring. You know a dispersion on God's word. We don't even consider it. We don't even take it into consideration. So they met with opposition, and this is always a good sign that whenever there's a work of God, you know it isn't going to be easy peasy, you know peaches and cream. You know, just know that if you face some pressure back, push back. You're going in the right direction. You're going in the right direction. Chapter three, there uh, we didn't really get in and study it, but uh, we covered it, and the covering of it was that there were uh, families, priests. There were different. Uh, orders of the the populace there that came and uh, they all built together they took done they took different sections and they went around and the wall was all built all at the same time and we talked about shalom and his daughters uh, these gals were very instrumental and I'll, I'll say that women are very instrumental in the work and the process of building the things of god in in a fellowship and so That's where we come up to now here in chapter 4. We pick up with the rebuilding and the opposition of that rebuilding. And verse 1, it says, "But But it so happened when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. And he spoke before his brethren, and the army of Samaria said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish stones that are burned? Now, Tobiah, the Ammonite, was beside him, and he said, Whatever they build, if even a fox goes up on it, he will break down the wall or break down the stones of the wall. I want you to notice here that just two guys, just two guys, Tobiah and Sanballat, these two guys had great influence. And so they, they're the ones that are, you ever heard that, that analogy is like you take a sheet and you put a black dot on this big sheet. Where does your eyes focus? The black dot. And it's this, these guys are the black dot in here in the work of God. They're the ones that are doing all the voices that are causing all the confusion. And this guy, Sanballat, his name literally means um, thorn in secret. He's a thorn in the secret. And he proves to be just that. He proves to be just that. Now, they may have been a thorn in the side of the rebuilding and the things that were going on there. But it did, it did prove something and it proved that there was something else going on here within the people as we're going to see later on in the chapter it proved that doubt was a part of their one of their, their their weaknesses and so these guys were you being used to sit back and show that there is a weakness here and you need to find and be able to take care of it and so that may be a part of our lives too there may be somebody that's that's a sandballot <laughs> Somebody that's a thorn in the side. You ever had a th- person that was a thorn in your side? You, you've heard that word vexation? I, I had a guy back in Savannah that this guy just vexed me like crazy. And I was at a conference and I told it to one of my other pastor friends and, I, I says, and, he, goes, and he goes, yeah, you know what? The Lord sends those vexing guys to us to prove us out. Prove us out, yeah. Prove where your heart's at, Dan. Show where your heart's at, and it's like Jay Vernon McGee talking about those engines, those big locomotives, and they put them on the bridge to prove the strength of the bridge. Sometimes we have to, those things happen to us to prove our hearts. Prove are we are we focused? Are we on the right page? And so it's they they were sent there to prove something about their walk and, and to prove our walk in that same way. But these guys were creating discord and strife that's not pleasant and they were causing a distraction from the purpose of the building that was taking place sanballat was furious as we see there that when he heard the news he was furious he was furious and the word there is actually he's just like uh, he was burning up he was furious in the respect that he just he wanted to kill him which we'll find out later on but I want you to notice that the attack was focused on the future possibility of, their, of them becoming strong. That's where he says, hey, will they go there and will they build it up? Will these feeble Jews, will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they fulfill their lives? Will they, you know what? He was focused on what they could accomplish. And that's where he's, he wants to attack. And that's where the enemy wants to attack us. But see, the enemy, when he comes at us, he does the same thing. He throws doubts in our minds. You know, this, the, we are in a spiritual warfare. As soon as you say, yes, Jesus, come into my heart, you, you go from the world into the spirit and you become spiritual people. You're alive, you're revived, you're in the spirit. And when you are in the spirit, the enemy wants to come in and get your eyes off the work of God and get your eyes on yourself or anything else that can dissuade you, or discourage you, or disillusion you about God, and He throws doubts at us. He throws doubts in there, just as He's doing here. Will they do this? Will they fortify that? Will they offer? Psych? You know, he's, you know, who are these feeble Jews anyway? You know. So He throws doubts at. Them. Will you really be stronger if you follow the Lord? Will you really be stronger? Will it does He? How's that work? How does the greater is he that's in me than he is in the world? How does that work? Where does that happen? Well, it happens in the infilling and the power of the Holy Spirit and the ignition that he comes in and he touches us. We're, we're filled with the Spirit at our salvation. But there's a second work that takes place where he touches us and we invite him to bring us the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God in us through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Will you really be strong enough to follow the Lord like he's calling you to do? Will God answer that prayer? You ever had a doubt about an answered prayer? Either, or the prayer that doesn't get answered? You know, Lord, I prayed, I prayed. You know, a lot of times that discourages a lot of people. You know, unanswered prayers. But see, God doesn't always answer prayers. And the reason is, is because if we uh, took them and they, he answered them, it could actually be a demise to us. And so for our good, he won't answer them. But for them, uh, it was to strengthen them and their walk and our walk in faith. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says that for we walk by faith and not by sight. God wants us to walk in the spirit. He wants us to see things in the spiritual realm. He wants us to walk by faith. But you know, the, the, there was a verse here that stuck out to me. Because these guys were causing a lot of problems. They were causing a lot of problems. And Proverbs 22.10 says, Cast out the scoffer, and contention will leave. Yes, strife and reproach will cease. Well, I'm sure they wanted that to happen. Get these guys out of here. You know, they're creating a problem here. And we're going to see how it's addressed here in a little bit. But, you know, we may not have all the answers, but we know the one who does have the answers. And that's what he's saying to us. He's just saying, trust me. He's given us promises throughout scripture that if we just commit our way to him, that he'll lead us and guide us into all truths. That he will provide for us in that because he's, he owns the cattle and a thousand. He's, he's there to prove. And he's just saying through all those verses, trust me. I, I love this one in Isaiah 61.3 to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, planted of the Lord, that he may be glorified. That's a great promise, that God's going to give us beauty for ashes. Things may have fallen apart, but don't worry, God's on the throne. He's able to bring everything and cause it all together to work together for the good. He's able to do that. So after Sanballat, in comes this guy named Tobiah. Now, he follows his friend and begins to ridicule them for what they were doing and the work that they were doing. And that uh, he says, hey, even if a fox ran across the top of the wall, the wall would fall down. One of the most devastating tools of the enemy and many believers have succumbed to its effect. Many start their walk and this is the ridiculing work that picks us off. They start their walk with the Lord only to be picked off by ridicule. In the parable of the sower, Matthew 13, verse 20 and 21, Jesus goes on to explain the The stony places, he says, but he who received the seed on stony ground, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Ridicule. Ridicule for that is an attack of the enemy to try to rob us from our walk with the Lord. So if you've sensed that or feel that, just, you know, strengthen yourself in the Lord. Go in and, and grab a hold of the armor that you have in Christ, that I have in Christ, and just build yourself up in your most holy faith is what scripture tells us to do. I know that, uh, there, that I've been through a lot of spiritual battles and sometimes I've been in there that it's just seemed like so dark I didn't know if I was going to be able to come out of it. But you know what? The Lord just says, you know, just rest in me, trust in me, commit your way to me, and I'll direct you. And I, every time I do, He's. I just want to just encourage you. Uh, I know most of all of you here tonight, Wednesday nights is a, really a believer's night. We all have, but we've been in those situations where, you know what? Uh, I really can't see my way out. You know, and I, uh, I thank God that he, all I got to do is just turn to the Lord and say, you ever had those moments in the middle of the night when you're laying there and you're just feeling so troubled and you just go, oh, God, oh, God, and you just start calling out to the Lord. Then he begins to speak to you. He begins to speak to you. But notice how Nehemiah responds to the mockery and the ridicule here. O oh, our God, this is our prayer when we're in the middle of the night. Hear, O oh, our God, for we are despised, turn their reproach on their own heads, and give them as plunder to the land of captivity. In other words, cause their plans to backfire. Cause their plans to backfire. Lord, cause the enemy's plans for me to backfire, but it won't it won't touch me. Do not cover their iniquity and do not let their sin be blotted out. Well, he's laying it hard on them here. Let it blot it out from before you, for they have they have provoked you to anger before the builders. You know, when our calling and our faith are under attack, what the enemy wants us to to do is he wants us to be afraid. He wants us to begin to doubt God. Did God really say that? And, And cause us in our in our own strength to look to ourselves. And to begin to doubt. And then when doubt and fear come flooding in. This is where our spiritual battle begins. When doubt and fear begin to flooding in. Where fear is, faith isn't. Where fear is, faith isn't. And in that battle, this is a time when we pick up our mantle. And we begin with prayer. You begin to talk to the Lord. As he did right here. Do not cover their sins. Oh, our God. He's calling on the Lord in the midst of their distress here and in the midst of our distress we have to come like he did and exercise our faith our trust our hope in god and david said in psalm 42 uh, verse 5 he says why are you cast down oh my soul it's a good thing to ask yourself why are you so bummed out and why are you disquieted within me why why is there no peace in here in my soul and then he says hope and he's talking to himself i i've i've done that dan put your hope in god hope in god for i shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance do you know when it says his countenance you know it's talking about when he looks at you how does god how do you see god looking at you you know that he looks at us is he like the stern how do you see him Jesus said, come unto me, all you who are heavy laden. I see a loving, peaceful, joyful Savior calling me to himself. I see a, a God that it talks about in the scripture that he twirls around his throne. We got a happy God. That's him. And so it says, for the help of his countenance, I sure like to see the smile of God towards me than a frown from God towards me. But he's got only good in plan. We know that from Jeremiah. I know the thoughts that I have for you. They're good and not evil to give you a future and a hope. He knows he knows us. And he knows his thoughts towards us are good and not evil. And then Paul says to us in our spiritual warfare here in 2nd Corinthians 10 verse 3 uh, through 6. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds and casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. You know, bringing every thought into captivity. You know, our minds like to wander. Our minds like to get off track. Our minds, we, we start listening to things we shouldn't be listening to. And then we, we ourselves, our hearts are desperately wicked and deceitful. And uh, who can know it? We, you know, it's, we got a bad, a bad old nature, but we have a great, grand, glorious new nature. And that's what we need to listen to. We need to listen to him. And when he says, you know, forsake the old way and grab a hold of him, that's what we need to do. We need to bring that thought into the captivity of the obedience of Christ. If you're in that situation and fear and doubt are flooding in and Jesus begins to speak to you, come unto me, come to me. That's where you grab that thought and bring it under the subjection of the lordship of Jesus Christ. He is the master and commander of your life and of your soul. And he only has good for you in your life. He only has good for you and for me. So notice here how Nehemiah handled his spiritual battle. He brought it before the Lord. You know, he did that. Verse 5 in uh, God, they're not opposing me. They're opposing you. I, I think that's very important in the things when we are in a spiritual battle. You belong to him. You've been bought with a price. You're not your own. You belong to God through Christ so if the opposition in your life as a believer begins to kind of discourage you and cause you to get a little fearful or doubtful just know that it's not it's not you it's coming because they see that in you because of God you can you can pick up and do great and mighty things and if you, he can discourage you and get your eyes off of the work that's at hand then he's got you he's got you if he can get us into the flesh if he can get us into that flesh and i remember pastor chuck saying this if he can get us into the flesh he's got us our battle is a spiritual battle our battle is a spiritual battle the weapons of our warfare are not carnal i can't go okay i can't do this i can't do that i can't do this it's not it's not you when you start to grab a hold, and I start to grab a hold of the situation, going, okay, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. You're already lost. You've got to turn to God. I've got to turn to God. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, James says, and he will flee from you. We've got to bring ourselves under the subjection of the authority in situations. I don't, I don't know about you, but I do know this, is that the battles that, it, that have enraged around me are things that I can't handle. I can't handle them. They're too big. But I turn them over to the one who is bigger than me. I go to the rock that's higher than myself. And I turn them over to him. And I let him take care of them. They're not opposing me. They're opposing you. Nehemiah said. So verse 6. So we built the wall. And the entire wall was joined together up to half its height. For the people had a mind to work. When doubt and fear are dealt with, that opens the door for the heart to be free to labor for the Lord. But wherever it is, you want the I'll tell you one thing about sheep. If they're afraid, they won't eat. Did you know that? If if sheep are fearful or they're under threat, they won't eat. And so that's what happens when fear the enemy can come in and try to bring fear to us what will happen is as you can see what happens in a fellowship when fear begins to take place people begin to go because they're afraid and their faith is being challenged one of, the, one of the quickest things to do is what be like quick draw McGraw exit stage right you know <laughs> see you're laughing because you know you're same age as I am <laughs> you know that oh quick draw you know The entire wall, they put it together in a very short time. The wall was all joined together. And that's important. See, if Satan can get you mentally, if he can't get you mentally or emotionally, well, he's going to bring some other forces against you. And for this next portion, he brings in the reserves. In verse 7 it says, Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites... The Ashdodites heard that all the walls of Jerusalem were being restored. And the gaps were being be, were beginning to be closed. That they came very, became very angry. And all of them conspired to come and attack. They all did it. They all conspired to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Nevertheless, and here's the other side of it. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God. And because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. So there's five factions here. These guys weren't all allies. Matter of fact, some of them were enemies to the others. But they had a common foe, which was, which was Israel, which were the Jews. And so Nehemiah, he takes it to the Lord in prayer again. This first attack that came against them was to demoralize them. The second attack that was meant to destroy them. The second attack, as you look, is that they were, they were, they come all there and they wanted to conspire together to come and attack. They wanted to kill them, they wanted to wipe them out. Does that sound familiar to you? Is there any scripture that goes along with that? He comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. And that's exactly what's going on here. So we're looking at a practical practical example of a spiritual truth these guys are under attack here and if we want to know where our lives fit in here just look at them that's where spiritual attacks that's what a spiritual attack will look like they can gather forces they will gather others they will gather them to themselves and then he comes to destroy but remember what what paul said that the weapons of our war warfare are, are spiritual They're not carnal. And under these kind of circumstances, prayer is our weapon. Prayer is our weapon. And that was Nehemiah's weapon. Our weapon in overcoming the attack. I want to overcome. I want to be an overcomer. And prayer makes it so we can continue the work even in the face of adversity. Even in the face of adversity. So, as we fight the good fight, you know, Fight the good fight of faith. As we fight the good fight of faith, the Holy Spirit continues to come alongside and work the work that Jesus began in us. He who began the work in you shall complete it until the day of Christ. The Holy Spirit's there to come alongside. And many times during the adversity, we begin to see things that we may not have seen before. We, it begins adversity is it's not fun but it also reveals things first about what's going on around us but it reveals more about what's going on inside of us so we fight that good fight is fight of faith the holy spirit's working in us and day by day more and more the defenses of god went up for them and the same is true for us as we continue to abide in him as we begin to abide in christ Paul told us in 2 Corinthians 3.18, But we all, with unveiled faces, behold, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So there's a, there's a, a transformation that takes place in us that we're being renewed daily. Our minds are being renewed as we abide. And that's a key fact. If we, if we fail to abide, then there won't be a transformation. We'll begin to lean upon our own understanding. And we'll begin to lean on our own strength. And we'll begin to look back. And we'll begin to look. And Paul says, remember not the former things. Don't go back there. There's nothing good there. There's no hope there. Our hope rests in the work and the finished work of Jesus Christ. From glory to glory, Another scripture speaks of grace upon grace. Grace, grace, and more grace. And that's all of us. I need more grace. Prayer and faith have been described as the forms in which we pour the promises of God. Forms in which we pour the promises of God. Prayer and faith. In other words, we can exercise our faith in our prayers but we also have to exercise it in the practicality in our lives in our actions be doers of the word not just hearers only by taking a step of faith we step into that that which we believe god's saying for us to do go do it but faith isn't something and Now, faith i want to talk about this for a second is that it doesn't give us a license to be foolish. You know? God gave us a brain. He expects us to use it. He, he wants us to look at things. He, he knows that, that we can do stupid things because we're stupid people. <laughs> but some use faith to put God to the test. Uh, I'm going to go to Atlanta. My gas tank's empty, but I'm just going to believe God that He's going to get me there. I've known people like that, and guess what happened? They ran out of gas. You know, but God can fill the tank, you know, and I've heard of those different miracles where God has done something like that. God can do that. But God may be just speaking to us to just wait and trust. And if he says the door is open or the door isn't open, that's where we come and be back. But, you know, there's people that push faith to that that we Uh, they make faith our servant you know we're to sit back and serve the lord by faith and so they they take faith and they they miscommunicate it they misrepresent it and they 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 end up falling with an empty tank of gas (laughs) but see they knew that the enemy was about to attack if you notice there in verse nine they knew the enemy was just about to attack. So they took steps to thwart the attack. And so they set watchmen on guard. That's a, that's the practical side of faith. That's the practical side of faith. They set back and they put guards. And God don't only uh, expects us to pray. But he expects us to be practical. You know, be practical. You know, uh, you ever heard those stories about these guys that they the uh one guy was in this boat and the boat sank and he's praying oh god probably you all heard this one lord save me lord save me so here comes a, a a life uh ring one of those lifesavers and he says no lord i want you to save me and then he sends a log and then he sends a, and then finally the guy dies and he you know he drowns and he goes to heaven he goes lord why didn't you save me? I was praying. I was believing you. He says, well, I sent you a life jacket and a life vest, and I sent you a log. What else? You know, I gave you everything that you needed to get s- to be saved. Well, in the same way, you know, God expects us to be practical. If he's sending a, 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 a life jacket or a li- What are those things called? A what? A life saver. A life saver. Well, that was right. <laughs> Not the one that you put in your mouth. <laughs> So the wall's halfway built. They, they, they're being mocked and ridiculed. And then here comes the physical part of the threat. If Satan can't get you in the, the emotional and the mental and whatever, he'll send it in a physical attack. The first opposition was from without. This one is going to be from within. And he said, then Judah said, the strength of the laborers is failing. That's already looking down. And there is so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. Discouraging words. And our adversaries said, Can you see where they're going with this? And our adversaries said, They will neither know nor see anything till we come into their midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. So it was, when the Jews who dwelt near them, now this is going, the first of the attack is coming over here from the enemy, and now here are the Jews, they're listening to all of this, and the Jews who dwelt near them came, that they told us ten times. From whatever place you turn, they will be upon us. I feel sorry for these poor guys. As they looked around, their discouragement began to set in. We're tired. There's so much debris and, and ruin around us. And they looked at their circumstances and they began to get discouraged. And they were saying to themselves, we'll never be able to finish the wall. And even the enemy, they're sitting over there saying, you won't be able to finish it. Yeah, look at that. See, their problems like our problem. Our problem is that they got their eyes on the circumstances rather than knowing what God is able to do. Is God able to do those things that we, you know, are past our finding out? Yeah, I'm able. God says, I'm able. Don't worry. But see, they, they began to get fatigued. They got tired. The strength of the laborers were, was failing. Fatigue set in. Do you ever find that in your life when you're tired? The discouragement, disillusionment, doubt. Fatigue set in and and, uh, discouragement wasn't far behind. They began to get tired. and Satan's right there telling us, you'll never make it. You can't do that. Fatigue opens the door for all kinds of attacks. My major attacks that happen to me are when I'm tired. When I'm, when I'm really worn out. The worst part of their fatigue was that they began to listen to the enemy. Let me say that again. The worst part of their attack was that they began to listen in their fatigue. To listen what the enemy said. They even gave credit to him. They even sat back and said, They've told us ten times. They said we're going to get wiped out. But see, we're not to be ignorant, the scripture says, of the devices of the devil. We're not to be ignorant of him. We're not to glorify him, that's for sure. But we're not to be ignorant of him. We're to know when he comes at us, we need to know the way uh, that he, he's going to come at you. And I'm going to say to you, when you're tired, put your shields up. Put your sword up. Put your helmet on. Put your breastplate on. Put your belt of truth on. Get that gospel on you. You're going to get tired. I guarantee you, I'm going to be 73 next week, and I'm telling you what, I'm getting tired. And those are those times that I know that, hey, I've got to get spiritual about what things are going on. But he also attacks when things are good, doesn't he? He's relentless. Once he sees a weakness and an opening, He's just going to come and hit that same spot. You ever experienced that in your life? He just keeps coming back. He's relentless. And so this is what's happening to them. He's relentless. Wherever, from wherever place you turn, they will be upon us. You know, he'll keep hitting until he can get a toehold. And it's been described, if he can get a toehold... He'll try to get a foothold. And if he can get a foothold, that foothold can become a stronghold. Notice the attack started from the outside and now it's crept in to those inside. It's happened inside. It happened with those who were actually doing the work. Our adversary said, you know what? earlier Nehemiah he basically shut him down I don't care what you have to say you have no inheritance with us and he shut him down but it's began to creep in now because of the fact the strength of the laborers was failing and he began to creep in all because they began to listen to the lies of the enemy remember Peter he's walking on the water you know the Lord said Lord, is that you? And he says, if it is, bid me to come. You remember that? So Peter got out of the boat. He began to walk on water. And he's going, wow, this is pretty cool. I'm walking on water. And then what happened? He began to sink. And why did he sink? He began to look around. And he got his eyes off the Lord and started looking around. I'll never make it. Well, they're doing the same thing. We'll never make it. And like Peter, down they went. So next week, this is all preparation for the other side of the coin. This side, we had to set the stage for all the struggle and the battle. And be careful because you know what? We're all in a spiritual battle. But next week, we're going to see how they build themselves up in their most holy faith. How they build their defenses up in the Lord. How they come back and there's there's victory and I don't want to leave tonight on this note here. I, I want to tell you there's a there's a good side to the story. This is a good side. But it's also a side that we need to know if we're going to fight the good fight that the enemy would like to to come in and uh, he'd like to he'd like to take us all out. He doesn't want to just trip you up. He want to get you down and grind you in. But praise God that greater is he that's in us than he's in the world and that we are more than what conquerors in christ who what who loved us so we're more than a conqueror we have more than you know more than a conqueror you know what they did whenever they would come in and they would conquer a people they would come in and they would put their foot on the neck of the defeated ones well let's put our foot on the neck of the enemy you know just walk in the victory father we thank you tonight We ask that, God, you would take us and prepare us and lead us, God, now. We ask that you would take us into a time just to hear from you and to be sensitive, Lord, to you as you speak to us and as we speak to you, Lord, in through song, through word, uh, through uh, 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 word of knowledge or, or whatever, our prayer, even our time of prayer, Lord, that we would be able to hear from you. So we ask that you would have this place now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here and you, just, uh, you hear from the Lord, uh, just feel free. This is a time that we want to hear from him. Uh, I know he's speaking through this word here. It's the word of God by the spirit of God to the people of God. But there's also that work that he wants to say individually that there is a, uh, a move of his spirit in us and here in us to be able to speak to a brother or a sister that, You have no idea what you would say, but at the same time, it it comes across and ministers in such a powerful way. So if the Lord gives you a word, feel free to share it. Lord, I thank you that your word says that in your presence there's fullness of joy. Lord, and as we discovered in the countenance, Lord, that you, you want us to lift up our eyes from whence our help comes. Look unto you, Lord. Lord, and we look up to see that countenance of hope and future, and Lord, your strength of us in looking at, uh, as we look to you, you strengthen us, Lord. Lord, we're we're little kids, Lord, and it doesn't matter how old we are, Lord God, to see your smile, to see you, Lord, look at us and say, come to me. And Lord, that you would grab us, Lord, and hold us, Lord. We just give you praise. We thank you for the comfort that you comfort us, Lord. There's nobody can comfort us like you. Lord, it's your countenance that, that just speaks to us, Lord. We can look at you. And see, Lord, in that joy of your eyes, Lord, as you, as you look upon us, Lord. That, God, the grace and mercy and forgiveness of sins, Lord, go past our understanding and finding out. And all we can do is bless God. All we can do is bless you, Father, for what you've given to us through your Son. And we bless you, mighty God and Savior, for being the willing to go what you did and where you went, Lord, to the cross for each one of us. You allowed yourself, Lord, from the glory to the earth to be broken, crucified, and then glorified, Lord. All we can do is say, oh, Almighty God, we, 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 we love you. And we come to just surrender here tonight, Lord. Thank you, oh, God. Thank you, Lord.
1: the water after thee you alone are my heart's desire and i long to worship thee you alone are my strength my shield lord we thank you lord for that heart
0: lord to come into your presence and i pray that father as we uh, just come to the close here that god that our hearts would just find that joy as we come into your presence to worship lord and we can take that wherever we go in jesus name amen let's all stand and sing our benediction for each other and the blessings of the lord And this is how you shall bless the people, the
1: scripture tells us in Leviticus. The Lord bless thee, thee. and keep thee. thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee, and be gracious unto thee. And be gracious unto thee, the Lord lift up his countenance upon thee, and give thee peace.
0: Amen. God bless you all tonight, and just give each other the right hand of fellowship and love. Shalom. God bless you all.